Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you all had a great break. I wanted to let you know about something that I've been talking a lot about on social media at Zibby Owens, which is the hashtag 22 and 22 challenge. We are... At Zibby Books, we are encouraging everybody, like all of you, to visit 22 bookstores in 2022. And we're going to provide a whole series of incentives for every five visits, and you'll be entered to win a $500 shopping spree, and you'll get fun things like bookmarks and all the rest. Plus, you'll be part of a great community of people all helping support bookstores, authors, and more. We're really, really excited about it. If you want to join, sign up. You just go to 22in22.net. That's 22in22.net and click I'm in and put your information. And then every time you go to a bookstore, you just quickly go back on the site and click log a bookstore visit. And then we'll be keeping track and we'll be following up with all of your different achievements and awards and everything. So please sign up, spread the word, 22 and 22, get your friends to join and start visiting bookstores and 
it'll be really fun and exciting. So here's to a wonderful 2022. I'm so excited that you're listening to my podcast and doing all the fun things that I have been trying to bring into the world. So here we go, 2022. Hashtag 22 in 22. Jose Vade is the author of Interstate, Essays from California, an award-winning essayist, poet, and playwright. Jose Vade is the author of this debut collection of essays. Welcome, Jose. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Interstate Essays from California. Oh, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Okay, tell listeners why you decided to write all these essays about California and what the general theme of them is and why. The whole thing. Give them the whole thing. <laughs> well, totally. Well, I, you know, being born and raised in California, I've always had a lot of questions about this state and my family's history connected to it. And this book was through, you know, a collection of essays and attempt to answer a lot of questions about me, my family's history and our relationship with California, a state I love dearly. So, you know, as a skateboarder, as a grandson of a migrant farm worker, as a you know, as a son, as a as a husband, you know, you kind of see me going through all these different stages across, you know, the Golden State. Wow. Love that. Which piece of the puzzle were you most surprised to have come out in the book? Like, I feel like sometimes when you're collecting all of your past work, you can... I was just actually talking to Susan Orlean about this like mm. a minute ago about her book on animals and that's her collection of stories. And I was wondering, like when you analyze or looking back of over all of them, like the themes that come out or like, do you realize anything new about yourself when you're, when you find out what you're writing? You know, it's like backwards detective work. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good way to, to, to phrase it. You know, it's, it is kind of like a backwards, you know, you, you are thinking about why these historical moments in your life are still significant to you while they are still like, you're still kind of unthreading them and unspooling them and, you know, really trying to understand why these things matter, what you're holding on to. And, you know, that delicate balance between memory, nostalgia, you know, revisionist history, you know, and everything in between, you know, like what is authenticity when we're thinking of in these, in these kind of contexts. So that was, you know, it was definitely trying to, I think a way of tackling that for me for the, in this book was trying to just stay honest to how I'm reacting, who I am in these moments, reacting to the subject material at hand, you know, in these different roles that I'm playing in different moments. And some of those roles I'm putting myself in and other roles are kind of projected onto me. So it's it was interesting writing this book and seeing like, why do these things matter to me? And, and how am I kind of understanding it through my own experiences? Interesting. And so when, like, when did you, like, just to back up a lot, sure. when did you start writing? Like, when did you know you wanted to be a writer? When did this all begin? And did you, or did you know you always wanted to be a writer? It's, I, I you know, it's, I, I got into poetry first. That was for some reason, maybe I wasn't a good MC or a good rapper. And I was just like, poetry. Oh, stop. A, you know, like, <laughs> so I was like, very young. Failed rapper, right? Failed collection rapper. of essays. <laughs> You know, and poetry was the first spark and that got me into it when I was like 13 and I started getting some some work published really early. You know, in, in college, I, I grew up in Southern California and moved to Berkeley for college and, and got pretty wrapped up into the, to the spoken word and the poetry scene there. And, you know, started working for literary nonprofits and stuff like that and, you know, got into plays and writing plays and really just getting different artistic opportunities while you know, becoming a student and getting some professional chops underneath me. So 
I guess around that time, like especially like writing your first play and kind of getting your first grant when I was like 24, 25 and just doing like temp work, nine to five stuff in between in the financial district in the city, San Francisco, you know, I was like, this is kind of a hustle that might be the rest of my life, <laughs> potentially, you know, but, you know, understanding how that could come about, you know, took took a lot of time. I didn't really get into writing essays until I went to Mills College in Oakland for creative nonfiction. And that two years just kind of gave me an understanding of, oh, this is the type of format I've always been trying to get at and understanding what an essay can do for you as a writer, like how you can manipulate it or just use the form, you know, was, it was invaluable. I read the essay you wrote about Oakland and how you said that like nobody wants to go back to Oakland (laughs) and yet there you were, right? (laughs) Yeah. And the the relationship between, or at least like uh, folks from San Francisco not wanting to go to Oakland and and that, 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 that dichotomy is probably still, still at hand, you know, I was just in Oakland yesterday. described the area in which you lived as somewhat, or maybe it's not where you live, but the area in which you were at at the time of writing or as somewhere like people wanted to pass by or that they're, I don't know, they were, you know, that yeah, there you were. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Downtown Oakland at a a time when I was moving there was kind of pretty bare and, you know, or, or developing, I guess you could say, and now it's a totally different you know, it's changed in a lot of different ways. So, but you know, Oakland is a very unique, one of a kind kind of city, much like San Francisco. So, yeah. Well, I'm in New York. I feel like that's pretty unique and one of a kind. But oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> California is okay, I guess, in terms you know. of geographies. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you started writing essays and figuring out that like that form was really working well for you, what was that publication journey like? And then how did that like how does it feel to you when you have something like in the Atlantic or something versus a book out? It, it's a it's a real it's a real trip, you know, like coming from more performing arts side of things to, you know, even just having your show documented in any capacity is is a miracle, you know. Is there a photographer on set, you know? So to, <laughs> so, to, so to have like a written, you know, this this thing that we can hold and point at is is a trip. And it started with this with my relationship with Mensa Demary at Soft Skull. He's now the editor in chief of Soft Skull Press, but he started as a editor for Catapult's web magazine, and I started. He threw a kind of through the slush pile of a different publication. He basically kindly rejected me and and then kept me in the loop and invited me to submit pieces for Catapult. And that turned into Getting to Susie's, which is included in the collection, as well as Standing in the Shadows of Brands. And another piece of Sonic Collection about going to see the band The Mars Volta at the Greek Theater in Berkeley. And when I submitted a California inquiry, that's when in 2017, these pieces are kind of between 2015 and 2017 is when this this stuff started. At 2017 is when he's like, maybe we should consider a collection about California. You know, I'm, I'm seeing a thread here about all these things about, you know, very much the Bay Area and starting local. But around that time too, I digitized a tape about of my grandfather that I filmed years ago when I was still an undergrad. And, you know, just documenting his story, just a straight up visual oral history of, of his life. I'd never digitized it and I wanted to preserve it knowing that tapes expire and much like hard drives. And, you know, that was a huge catalyst for writing the inter- the, the essay Interstate and those trips around 2018, 2019, tracing some of the, you know, fields and paths through which my grandfather migrated in California, you know, that, that changed the whole kind of scope of this project. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow. It is kind of crazy to think, I mean, when you were talking about saving things and drives, like I recently did not a full on oral history, but I like interviewed my grandmother Mm -hmm. two years before she passed away. And, you know, on her birthday this year, I played it for our our whole family and they hadn't seen it before. And I had it as like a little video and I asked her about like how she felt about dying. And she's like, don't worry, I'll be watching over you. Anyway, we were all like crying. It was so sweet. But I think to myself, like, what am I going to do with this thing? It's on my phone. Like, it's the most important thing. Where am I supposed to put it? I keep like, I I don't know. I have drawers of all these discarded hard drive thing. I I, I don't know. The only thing that will not get lost is when you write and you print it out, right? That's the only way. No picture will, pictures can be lost. But when you have a whole book or you have a whole like collect, I don't know. That's the only way that... No technology is going to take that away unless you only digitally print it. But this is not so profound, but I've had no sleep. So this sounds profound to me. But anyway. Oh, but you presented it though. You presented it to an audience, so to speak, you know. So in that way, you kind of created this artistic relationship and, you know, you passed it on. You know, other people were able to witness it. So that's that's huge, you know, to create that that testament and that testament and kind of, you know, a lot of the book is about monuments too. And, you know, these things that we do to iconography or otherwise to just preserve and remember is, you know, is is really interesting, especially at a time in our American history where we're taking down other types of monuments that were, are about, you know, darker times of our history as well. So it's, it's interesting to think about all that in the context of when I was writing this book. It sounds like you definitely had a lot of different things in mind and objectives. I mean, this is like, (laughs) these are not just essays. These have lots, this is, yeah, didn't just like whip these out. There's lots of thought behind every single one. So I'm kidding because of course, but anyway, what are you working on now? I'm still, you know, definitely writing a lot about California, some different, actually some different preservation efforts going on in California. I'm writing a lot about skateboarding, actually. And, you know, my relationship with it, I've been skating since 1996 and I can still walk, which is amazing. And, you know, I'm still able to to skate in, in my later 30s now. So it's, you know, just talking about the impacted side of my life and through, you know, not like essays, but also just like, you know, prose and poetry and kind of like 
approaching it from all different angles. You know, one thing I miss in the pandemic is the ability to just walk around cities and take photos more mm-hmm. frequently and not just photos of like boarded up buildings, you know, but people. <laughs> so be nice. <laughs> that'd be nice, you know, let alone skateboarding. So, but yeah, that's what I'm focused on right now, writing wise. So what moves can you do? Oh, uh, nothing impressive. It's all low, low impact skateboarding, very much to the ground. It's all impressive to me. If it's more than just like getting down the block, can you do like jumps and all that stuff and, you know, uh, and all that, like in Clueless? (laughs) More so the, more so the curbs, more so the, more so curb skating, very low impact, you know, stuff, but heel flips have been the new trick of his of Heel flips. All right. They're pretty, they're pretty fun. I'm going to have to Google what a heel flip is after this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it in the show notes or something. <laughs> so aside from spending your time writing and skateboarding and delving deeper into California history, like what are some things that you like to do? Well, I just moved to Sacramento after many, many years in the Bay Area. So I'm getting to know the Sacramento Valley and the whole area out here, you know, I'm a big wanderer. (laughs) Like I love just kind of going on public transportation and just, you know, going to different like galleries and bookstores and stuff like that. Like my wife and I actually kind of love distracting ourselves with action movies. That's kind of like a random thing that we like to do at night, let alone on my side, like obsessing over the NBA and basketball (laughs) is a nice healthy distraction lately. I was very thankful for the bubble and all that stuff, as well as the WNBA. I want to shout them out as well. Oh, okay. Subscribe to their league pass as well. So it's been nice seeing how the WNBA has been holding it down. My husband watches football. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, he does watch football, but he also watches basketball. And there are just so many games. Like, yeah, he, he, he follows the Lakers. And there's just like always a game on. It's like, come on. <laughs> anyway, never ending games. But yeah. yes, so that will definitely be, can capture anyone's interest for a while, I guess. <laughs> and what books do you like to read? Like, what are you reading now? Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm reading a lot of, I read a lot of fiction, actually. Like I love Percival Everett. I love his novels. I, you know, The Trees that just came out this year is a phenomenal work. I'm a big Hanif Abdurraqib fan, you know, since his, I don't want to say early days, but like, you know, since his days kind of starting in the poetry scene. Can't say enough about Anthony So's Collective After Parties. Beautiful mm-hmm. work. May you rest in peace. Jaime Cortez's Gordo was another fantastic work that came out this year. We, I actually got to present with him in San Francisco for Liquid, um, the literary festival out there. So those are a couple. And Sam Sachs, an amazing poet, just phenomenal poet. I, I always enjoy reading their work as well as Somal Sharif. Awesome. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? It always helps to write, you know, it, it always helps to have work to wrestle with versus an, an idea. You know, ideas are really great, but you know, fleshing it out can never hurt, you know, giving it a crack. So, you know, give it a try, you know, stay sharp. And just, I compare it to a, not to belabor the basketball metaphor, but it's kind of like a jump shot. Like you get better, the more you try. Not that I have a good one, but I'm trying to. Or working on your heel kicks, you know. Yeah. Heel, the heel flips, you know, yeah, there we go. That's my struggle right there. That's, that's your <laughs> Yes. Definitely helps to have something to write if you want to be a writer. Sounds obvious, not so obvious. So (laughs) anyway, well, thank you so much for coming on Moms No Time to Read Books to discuss your beautiful collection and enjoy Sacramento. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. No problem. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 